The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking Saquon Barkley, 2020 fantasy football. Yes, you're listening to the Fantasy Football Almanac show with Sean and David G. Before we get rolling here, I want to ask the audience for uh, three quick favors. One, subscribe. Two, give us a five-star review. Three, write and leave a comment. That will really help this show launch right, and we want to really make this a, a weekly fixture in the iTunes rankings. So if you could do those three things for us, it would really help us out. You are listening to Sean and David G. Like I said, David, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Good to be with you again. Yeah, uh, before we get rolling on Saquon Barkley, I want to remind everybody, uh, 2020 Fantasy Football Almac and Draft Guide is out. It's on Amazon. Check the link below. Uh, it'll take you right to it. Um, long story short, over 300 players ranked. Uh, we rank more players. Uh, there's more sleeper-focused mathematics. Um, we're, I guess, fantasy football sports analytics, and you're going to find anywhere else. We really go into the math and the science of this stuff, but we also make it enjoyable enough for just uh, you know anybody else to come read. So uh, we're talking... Um, I like to bring David on to uh, to talk about you know the fancy stuff because Brad on the show is as everybody knows who listens to this podcast uh, as usual Brad's more uh, gambling focused um, so we wanted to get more people fantasy focused on rather than me just kind of rambling through stuff so today I want to talk uh, to you David about um, Saquon Barkley uh, as we're doing these kind of micro episodes here and these player vignettes if you will and Saquon Barkley I've seen him in draft rankings start to creep ahead of Christian McCaffrey I wouldn't say that's you know, the most popular option. I th- I still think, as we talked about the last time we did one of these shows, um, I think Christian McCaffrey is still kind of the consensus number one, but the vote is closer this year um, than it has been, um, at least it was last year. So Saquon Barkley, I see him creeping ahead. And although I like Saquon Barkley, and I... Um, I'll be honest with you, I can't remember where I have him ranked. I think I have him ranked uh, number two in here. I could just flip open my uh, my 250-page fantasy football beautiful thing. Doesn't it look good, David? Doesn't it look good? It little, does. Little cover it does. Um, uh, but I, I think I have Saquon Barkley ranked number two. And I want to kick this over to you, but here's the thought. As with Christian McCaffrey, and we talked um, the new coaching staff coming in, um, you made a, you know the great cases like, look, we're going to get some regression because Christian McCaffrey's season last year was insane, so we're going to see some regression. Well, Saquon Barkley, and I know you have stats up. I have some stats up too. Keep in mind that he has a new coaching staff coming in as well. Um, you have Judge coming over, the special teams guy from New England, um, well-revered, I guess, in NFL circles, but he's kind of an unknown entity in terms of coaching philosophy. Uh, he brings in uh, Miami Dolphins ex-coordinator uh, defensive coordinator to run the defense. Um, and he also brings in Jason Garrett, recently fired from the Dallas Cowboys to run the offense. My inclination is that, you know, of course, these guys are going to have, uh, um, it's going to be the Patriot way. So I believe that they're going to have full reign to run the offense and the defense how they want to. So this to me uh, lends itself to Jason Garrett. What is he going to do with this team? Um, you have a, a young quarterback there. Is he going to do what he did early in Romo's career and just try to pass, pass, pass? Or is he going to do what he did with DeMarco Murray and Ezekiel Elliott and run, run, run? What are your um, inclinations? What do you think is going to happen uh, with Jason Garrett and the usage of Saquon Barkley this year? I think Barkley, we can probably call him pretty much scheme proof. I mm-hmm. think he's going to basically put up numbers regardless of what scheme he's in I think what it comes down to is whether those numbers come more in the running game or if his receiving game is boosted closer to say a hundred receptions kind of like McCaffrey's been right hitting recently yeah Um, no please go ahead 
with with the I think to me it's less about the scheme and it's more about the surrounding parts. Mm-hmm. There's three solid wide receivers. Ingram's there. So I think we're going to see a lot of receptions, but I still think it's probably going to land more around the 80 reception range than closer to the, the 100. Yep. And I'm looking through right now, um, you know, one of the things my guide does is uh, it shows you kind of the, the depth chart, fantasy depth chart, and it shows you kind of the key additions and losses too. Uh, because, you know, obviously in fantasy football, if you're if you're focusing on running back or um, you could even say something like Emmanuel Sanders going to New Orleans, how is that going to impact Michael Thomas, um, which we'll talk about in, uh, on a future episode coming up. But, um, you know, you look at that, you mentioned the, kind of the rest of the team around him. You have Ingram. Um, I like Slayton quite a bit, but they have talented receivers and Sterling Shepard, who really hasn't ever broken out from a fantasy point of view, but he's serviceable. You got Golden Tate still there. Um, and I'm looking at the additions and subtractions of the offseason. There's always going to be some upheaval with the coaching staff change. But um, in the draft, you add an offensive tackle in the first round. Uh, they need some offensive line help. You get it. Deion Lewis is added in free agency, which I think I don't think that impacts Saquon so much. Um, but I, I think they needed an upgrade from like Wayne Gallman and some of these other guys. So you have Saquon Barkley and Deion Lewis, two similar type running backs. So if Saquon goes down with an injury like he did for a few games last year, um, you're okay. I just noticed uh, that I have Eli Manning still a quarterback. That's a, I'm gonna have to re- do a little edit here. Um, that's uh, that's completely off. So, um, but no, the uh, the additions in the free agency, you get another offensive tackle, you know, some depth. So I think that they're improving um, as an organization, obviously. But what I'm looking at in Saquon is last year, you know, he still got over a thousand yards rushing on uh, 217 attempts. Um, 300 less than the previous year, but also three less games. Uh, 73 targets and 52 receptions. That's what concerns me, and I think that's kind of what you're getting to here. Remember Saquon's rookie year, and a lot of people forget this, but Saquon's rookie year, like, the Giants had injuries all over receiver. They only had, like, one weapon, and it was Saquon Barkley, so he had 91 receptions. You look at 2019, I think that's going to be more indicative of what we're going to see. He had 52 receptions. Even if you um, you average that out, he might have had like 60, 60. He still probably was going to decrease by about one-third in terms of receptions, receiving yards. Um, you know, touchdowns is going to be kind of up and down. So Saquon, I personally don't see him as a challenge to Christian McCaffrey. But why do you think people are, are putting Saquon above and maybe you know taking that risk to put him above Christian McCaffrey? Do you have any idea why that would be? Um, I will get to that, but first I sure. want to add something else too that kind of adds to what you were talking about that first year. Our idea of Saquon's uh, baseline reception total might have been distorted a little bit because right. Eli Manning was also the quarterback late career. Anybody who watched Eli Manning, he was a dump off <laughs> machine. Like right. refused right. to throw it down the field to Odell Beckham. Refused to do anything other than to just look to the sideline, dump the ball off, get it out of his hands. So that also greatly inflated Barkley's reception total. Daniel Jones we saw last year, mm-hmm. a little more likely to heave the ball down the field, take shots to Slayton, mm-hmm. gets Ingram back healthy this year. I think we're going to see less uh, just scared dump-offs where it's just get the ball out of his hands. Um, so I think that's one thing that you bring up a good point. Barkley's reception total is probably going to be closer to that uh, last year than the year before. As yeah. far as far as why people would be taking him before McCaffrey, I think it just comes down to the physical freak athlete part of it. Because if we're talking about freak athletes, McCaffrey's one of them. But in the entire NFL, 
Barkley might be the freakiest athlete of them all. So it just comes down to he's got more physical power than McCaffrey has. He can just do more as an athlete than McCaffrey can do. He's, he's just as good as a threat in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of brings that um, power element that McCaffrey doesn't really have. Yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be a little bit diluted fantasy wise. But again, you know, we were talking about this in the Christian McCaffrey episode as well. Is I, I, the usage with the new coaching staff coming? And I don't think this is going to be this um, the same thing. I do think Garrett, you know, he had that pass happy um, um, reputation when he had Romo at quarterback. But when you have Romo at quarterback, as good as uh, Tony Romo was playing, and you have like Demarco Murray, or I think there was like. Um, I can't even remember the guy's first name, but there was a barber. Um, it was he was out of Minnesota. Oh, Mary, the barbarian, Marion the barbarian. Oh, was it Marion? It went through my head. I thought that was uh, I, I had that off. That might have been before Romo. I don't know the timeline. That I well think they the might have crossed a, They might have crossed a, um, a a season or two, but I know they had Demarco Murray. I know they had kind of a poo poo platter there for a little bit while, a while, and then Ezekiel Elliott come in right when uh, when Tony Romo started to get hurt, and they started going more towards the run. But if you look at uh, uh, Garrett's kind of early coaching career outside of having Tony Romo. Romo at quarterback, and look, you know, I like Daniel Jones, don't get me wrong, but he's not where Tony Romo was when, uh, you know, kind of Garrett took him over. Uh, he's going to run, and uh, and I'm curious to see, but he's not going to run in the same style um, that Ezekiel Elliott is, because they're different frames, and you got to protect um, your asset, your freak athlete, like you were saying before, so I don't think it's going to be a decrease in usage, I think it's going to be a situation where they're on the goal line. Um, like let's say it's you know it's first and goal from the one. What are they going to do? Um, what are your options here? Do you want to slam uh, Saquon Barkley's head against the offensive line? You know, two or three downs, like maybe you would have with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if that's what you want to do with the personnel grouping, or do you want to try to isolate um, Ingram or Slayton or Shepard? I think we're going to get a lot more passing in the red zone um, inside the five yard line than maybe the Dallas Cowboys of recent years would have done, uh, and that's going to kind of limit his value. But then. You know, like we were saying a week or so back when we talked Christian McCaffrey, is what do you really do, right? At that point, because I don't think that these guys are far and away. I don't think the gap is as much as it was, like we were saying. But what do you do? Do you pick like a guy like Dalvin Cook over one of these guys? Dalvin Cook often injured? Um, I don't know. Uh, and we'll talk about him in a coming up episode. Nick Chubb, who I like more than the rest of the fantasy group, well, he's got Kareem Hunt, right? So that's a risk. I don't see like a slam dunk risk free player that you would pick either like over either one of these guys. And I was um, people on YouTube might have seen me kind of flipping through my book to to run through because I wanted to see where he was because I was like mm, maybe do I even go back and edit my book and and, dra- and put him below? And I just don't think you can do it. But what do you think? I mean, would you have any candidate to be drafted above um, either? Well, I know we agreed on Christian McCaffrey being one, but would you pick anybody above Evan Ingram? Or not Evan Ingram. I'm sorry, Saquon Barkley at number two. Um, I think Barkley, the consensus, pretty much he is the number two. Mm -hmm. But I'd much rather entertain a debate for putting him above McCaffrey than I would for putting someone else above Barkley for number three. Yeah. If if I was going to do it, first two that comes to my mind would be Zeke and Kamara. But Zeke, we have Dallas added, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, played very well last year. He's going to steal receiving work. Mike McCarthy offense. Yeah, it yeah. puts a cap on Zeke's three-down potential, so I don't really see any sort of conversation that you can make a case for Zeke over Saquon. Right. Kamara, 
he's got more of that three down potential. We haven't seen him really handle that elite rushing volume though. And he's also coming off an injury. So I don't really want to entertain that either. If anyone, it's that guy you said, Dalvin cook, only two players had more points per game than Saquon Barkley. I'm throwing out Barkley's week three where he got hurt. But if you throw out that game, only McCaffrey and Dalvin cook averaged more points per game last year. Right. And you can also look at it as the positive with, if you're, Going first round running back, you're choosing between one of the two. You're not getting both. So if you're choosing between Cook and Barkley, Deion Lewis is a solid handcuff. But if you're very uh, handcuff savvy or very um, intent on getting that handcuff for your first round running back, Alexander Madison offers you a lot more insurance and safety. Yes. Is Is it really worth it? That's that's the debate, I guess, that to be had, each person's going to have to decide. Because with yeah. me, Dalvin Cook, too many injuries, I'm not doing it. But if I'm entertaining a debate, it's Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and 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 just to pick up on that note with Alexander Madison, and you, you mentioned this in the, um, in the Christian McCaffrey episode, which if you haven't uh, you know, listened or watched, uh, I definitely encourage everybody to kind of go back and, and listen to that. But I, I, that, that's a great argument, right? If you're, if you're looking for safety, um, who's the backup? Right, it's Bonifon for um, at this point for Christian McCaffrey. Was it Dion Lewis for New for New York? Right. So if you pick one of those guys early in your draft, and Christian McCaffrey or uh, Saquon Barkley go down, you can't really handcuff those guys to a backup. There, it's your your roster is decreasing. But in Minnesota, if you get Dalvin Cook and you handcuff him with an Alexander Madison, or um, I guess you can make kind of like in my in my opinion, it's a little bit of a weaker argument, but you can make that case with um, New Orleans as well uh, with Latavius Murray and and Alvin Kamara, right? The backups there, or Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, the backups there um, could give you roster that uplift. And if you lose that guy for you know, God forbid, for, like with an ACL tear, you have a plug and play backup there who's going to be able to get you points. So that is a very interesting argument. Yeah. Um, I, agree, I just want to cut in real quick, too, because this kind of leads into something which, funny to say, my favorite thing about Saquon Barkley last year was the fact that he got hurt. And I'm obviously being a little facetious when I say that. But if we look back, he got hurt, right? It was the ankle. When it first happened, we, we didn't know how long he was going to be out. They were talking maybe IR, mm-hmm. maybe surgery. Eventually, they settled on a four to eight week time frame. He was back in three weeks. I know, right. So that kind of gets back to that freak athlete uh, element with Saquon Barkley. We know if he suffers some sort of minor, a high ankle sprain is not exactly a minor injury. Sure, he suffers some sort of injury, he's going to fight through it. He's going to get back. He's going to play even in what was a lost season, his last three Mm -hmm. games of the year, 32, 45, 20 fantasy points. So he's going to play when it doesn't matter. He's going to play when he's hurt, and he's going to get back from injuries in a really quick time frame. So I think that's definitely a selling point for uh, Saquon, especially if you're considering the handcuffs. Do you really even need a handcuff with a guy like that? Yeah, right. Um, okay, I think we can uh, tie that episode up there. Once again, everybody, uh, reminder, Fantasy Football Automatic and Draft Guide, available on Amazon.com. Click the link below. Uh, we will be back uh, with another episode, another vignette, another player vignette soon. I think the next one we are going to do is uh, Michael Thomas. And, um, you know, I know we're going to be talking. I can't wait to get to Nick Chubb and Dalvin. There's a lot of players to talk about. So I'm looking forward to all that. So definitely check us out on another episode soon. Uh, thank you to David. Once again, uh, you want to plug your Twitter? You want to plug your website real quick before we go? Yeah, if you guys want to check us out, you can go to gurufantasyworld.blogspot.com or you can check me out on Twitter at gurufantasywrld. 
All right, and everybody, hey, thanks for uh, for listening to this episode. Once again, please like, please uh, comment, please subscribe. Those three things really help us launch the show. We really need your support, especially in these early days. It's massively important. Uh, if you are interested in specific comments or uh, commentary or, or you know show pieces or anything like that, just tweet at me or David. Uh, if you didn't catch it during the show, look in the show notes below. You can get directly to us. We're happy to make this show interactive. In fact, we would love to make it more interactive, and we could use your support there. We want to make this a community show. We want to help help you dominate your draft. We want to make uh, help you make your competition cry. That's right. Let's let's uh, all dominate our fantasy football. Let's all nail our drafts, and we'll catch you next week.